It's time to play ball. Welcome to the podcast with no limits. Whether it be sports, current events, or random thoughts, this is the place to step in and stay a while. Your host is a proud alumnus of Rio Hondo Prep, a former minor league baseball umpire, and a man with strong opinions. Welcome to the Get Home Safe podcast and your host, Matt Persima. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Get Home Safe. Happy Tuesday to everyone out there. Although I am recording on Monday, June 13th, I am currently watching uh, one of the final super regional baseball games between Stanford and the University of Connecticut in their third game of their super regional. Uh, later tonight is Oregon State uh, hosting Auburn. Uh, again, a winner take all game. Each of these games, by the time you guys hear this, you will know who the seventh and eighth teams are respectively for the college world series, which does start this Friday. And uh, you know, one of my favorite sporting events, I think very, very underrated, uh, much like the entire college baseball postseason has been. So if you see me looking away on YouTube, uh, it is kind of because I'm watching uh, what's going on here as Connecticut has really put up a fight against Stanford. Both teams can really put up some runs in a hurry. And it's been an incredible weekend of uh, super regional baseball. Six teams so far have punched their ticket to Omaha and two more remaining with the only two possible West Coast uh, teams uh, getting there with uh, the the game threes today here on Monday. But uh, happy uh, new new week to everyone out there. Um, you know, I, I come on here and I event a lot of times about bad things that happen and, and how I wish things could be different. But sometimes every now and then, um, there's some good news. There's some cool things that happen. And one of those, uh, to stick with the baseball topic here, one of those things uh, occurred over the weekend. I kind of mentioned to you guys previously about my frustration with uh, the baseball team, uh, the, the number one team in the nation, the Tennessee Volunteers, who I uh, have really kind of become baseball's college baseball's villain. And I posted something last week, may have been after I recorded the podcast, but it was about uh the university of tennessee being college baseball's villain and showed a picture of them flipping off you know as he's rounding second flipping off one of the outfielders and uh oh boy stanford just tied it here in the fourth maybe took the lead yep took the lead by one okay uh so uh wouldn't you know it i got into a little little dispute on on facebook as as you know happens here and there no nothing nothing big all all in good fun of course but uh the, the big takeaway was you know, how the Tennessee volunteers have, have acted all year. And, uh, you know, I've kept my, my eye closely on them and, and their antics. And, you know, we're in this, this new age of baseball, you got to celebrate every, you know, you gotta, you gotta let the kids play. The game is changing. And a lot of it at college baseball, it, it's kind of that middle ground, that middle, uh, that mid step between uh, high school and, and young kids playing versus, you know, professionals playing, obviously. Uh, so there's like this, this gray area of, uh, of, of how you should kind of carry yourself. I think a lot of people tune in to college baseball because it's exciting. And you know, there there's uh, maybe there, there's a lot of dugout activity and things, but I do think uh, it, it has gotten carried away. I mean, anytime a guy hits a, I saw a guy in a, in a they're down by four runs and he hits a single and he starts thumping his chest uh, to the dugout and saying, you know, let's go. And it's just like, dude, time and a place. Uh, 
Uh, the other night, Stanford hit like three, four home runs in the ninth inning trying to come back and they celebrated, but they didn't overdo it because they were, you know, trying to uh, trying to shock the uh, the uh, the Connecticut Huskies there in, in, a, in a massive comeback. But my point of all this is. I've said it before, you know, bat flips is a big thing. You know, you got to you got to flip your bat and show everyone how great you are when you hit a home run. Uh, and, and I've said before about baseball, it's, like it's it's very different. It polices itself supposed to be like a gentleman's sport kind of a thing. There's a reason it has been played how it has before. And it's kind of like this, the ego really of guys that want to come around and be like, we're changing it. We're cha- we know more than everyone who played before us, how to play this great game. We know how to show up people and, and uh, you know, talk smack and flip bats. And, you know, some people would say, well, that's not, you know, why should you be so sensitive? If a guy in football makes a great play, he does something great. And look at, I've tried to explain this to you. Baseball is just different. Um, I think a lot of it has to do with, there's so many games during the course of the season that it's like a mutual respect thing. Sometimes you're going to blow us out. Sometimes we're going to blow you out. And the way you carry yourself uh, does matter in baseball and in college baseball, you know, they're not professional. So uh, a lot of the game uh, is played differently and with a lot of emotion. And, and that's a big reason a lot of people tune in, but you can overdo it. You can, but you can uh, sometimes not be able to restrain all these emotions because, uh, you know what? You just be, be crazy. Be, be emotional all the time, right? Energy all the time. I, I don't think that's a, a, a safe or a, uh, not safe's the wrong word. That's not a, probably a strong, um, you know, way to go about things. You guys know, you can't always act one way at work, a hundred percent, a hundred, you know, when you're parenting or whatever you're doing, there's times to be pretty amped up, but there's times to keep it steady, right? Flatline, not be not flatline. It means, you know, you're gone, but like to just be a steady heartbeat, not be thumping, you know, a million miles an hour. So anyway, my, my long winded ran here is I, I don't, I didn't like the university of Tennessee. They were the number one team in the country. They had nine, nine losses on the whole year, roughly play about a 60 game, 60 plus game season in college. But, um, you know, uh, Friday night, they're playing Notre Dame. In three games, super regional, right? Some of you guys saw this. Some of you, some of you couldn't care less, but I bring it up because I saw it happen. I got it super emotional. I got super mad. Then I just started laughing. And anyway, long-winded story is it, it's amazing to me how some people, not just how they, how they care, how they carry themselves, how they act, I should say, but then how they react when you react based off of their actions. So I'll, I'll even try to pull up the play here if I can, but the university of Tennessee, probably one of their best hitters. He takes a pitch that he doesn't like uh, called for a strike. He turns to the plate umpire and he, excuse me, I'm not going to say it, but I'll just say, he says, he looks right at him and he says it pretty loud. And he just says, effing terrible, horrible, you know, effing horrible or something like that. Clear profanity directed right at the umpire. And a plate umpire just calmly ejects a guy. After the, the, the pitch is called, the entire dugout is screaming, losing their mind. Two coaches come running out of the dugout going, what? Who got ejected? What? Uh, base umpire comes down. He ejects a pitching coach who's out of control. The assistant coach shouldn't be out there. He's, he's dropping F-bombs left and right. And the broadcasters immediately say, I don't like that at all. That's too aggressive. And I thought for a second, he might be talking about the hitter, 
But now he starts talking about the umpire. And I, I, I really do respect Kyle, Kyle Peterson. I love his analysis of baseball, but he was dead wrong there. Now I'll give him credit. After he read the lips of the hitter, he backtracked and said, yeah, you can't address an umpire that way. But his initial thought, which a lot of people is, is umpires, they just, they just react. They just, they're, they're so thin skinned. How could they, what, not having any idea. I don't know what was said, but you can't do that. It's like, how could you have an opinion of something that you don't, before you know what was said? And it was hilarious. They zoom in and the guy just, you know, you could just read exactly what he, what he said. And it was just like, you're an idiot. And then my favorite part was, again, not how he acted. That, that, that just always surprises me. But then the, <laughs> what really shocked me was his shock. The hitter, I'm going to pull this clip up. I want to show you guys on YouTube. The hitter then goes, what? You, you threw me out? What? And just started in this like fourth grader, third grade. I don't even know. Like this just like, I didn't do anything. How could you? Oh, oh. The look on his face is priceless. And this, I'm saying this because this sums up where we're at in society now. Not only is bad behavior like encouraged, but then when someone does call you out or maybe the police uh, do, do come in and try to make a, a bad situation uh, right or safe or whatever. And, and we got people who just, well, how, I, didn't, I didn't do anything. And maybe you're not seeing it the way I am in, in society aspect, but definitely in sports. And in baseball, and I'm going to show you the clip right now because this hitter takes it and the ego to number one, turn and say, tell the umpire what he said. But then number two, to be like, you threw me out for that. You disciplined me for that. I'm allowed to say what I want. Think of truly think about this stuff, guys. Think about stuff. And then I want you to also as far as umpires go, anytime I guess this is a clear example of anytime you see a quick ejection and a broadcaster, whoever goes, man, that was a quick ejection. That was a quick hook, man. You got to have a little, you got to give them more, you know, a little more rope than that or more of lead, whatever the phrase is. This is a clear example as to if you don't know what was said, it was probably something really bad. So two things there with this whole thing is saying what you said the, the ego to, to be able to say that a complete disrespect, complete, just like you think that, you know, you, you have the courage, that's not courage, but like you have the confidence to say that meaning you've probably gotten away with it during the season. That's a separate subject. I think regions of the uh, different regions allow uh, different things. And uh, I will tell you this West coast umpiring uh, does not tolerate a lot of the bad behavior that goes on around the country. That's all I'll say about that. So, but, but then the, the audacity, like the audacity, the reaction to be, I mean, where are we at in a society that you think you can say that? And then number two, that, that you're like shocked and like offended and appalled that someone called you out on it. What, what are we doing? I, I mean, I don't know what the guy's parents said, said to him or whatever, or, you know, what they even thought, but I mean, I don't have children, but if I had a kid and he acted that way, I would be so embarrassed. I know my dad made, made things very clear to my brother and I about how we behaved, you know, as kids, like, you know, be, be respectful, but be respectful. Don't, don't embarrass, you know, me, your mom, our family, you don't just 
you don't do those things. So we've gotten so, so much into these days into competing. Oh, he's competing. He's passionate. Every, that's another, listen closely with all these announcers. The time a guy gets ejected, oh man, that's just a, you know, he's just very passionate individual there. You know, just he's playing with passion. Passion and, and, and this is me talking. I was, I was a crazy guy. I did everything. I, I needed to come down a little bit at time, you know, 20 years ago when I played uh, sports, like it's good to play with enthusiasm and passion, but you got to harness that because what happens is, is you saw what happened at the university of Tennessee on Friday night, when you always emotional, when, when everything is amped and, and you are, you're just, you're always just, just, just be in the moment and react and, and be crazy. And when you're, when you're that way all the time, it could lead to a situation where you act pre you, you act uh, inappropriately just because you're emotional and that's not good for any sport. And that's something that baseball, I think does a pretty good job of is just the nature of it is the, the pitch is thrown. Okay. Then we wait. I mean, everyone reacts to the pitch and that's why things happen over, over time. Like they do is there, someone's mad. I mean, during a lot of pitches, you know, most pitches. So I want to oh, ooh, knock my microphone over here. I want to pull up the clip and show you guys and just comment. I had to, I had to explain it for our audio only uh, listeners, but that's what it, that's what it, it took for me. And the reason I bring it up is because uh, Notre Dame did eventually eliminate Tennessee, uh, beating them on Sunday in game three with uh, the big comeback. Ooh, Stanford grand slam. They were up one here in the fourth and just hit a grand slam. I, this Stanford offense guys, them and Texas, those are two teams uh, if you walk out of the room, uh, they might have put up a, a six or seven spot uh, before you get back in. So, I mean, they are just, they are instant offense. They have so much power uh, that Stanford and Texas, if Stanford does in fact advance uh, to the college world series, which they're up eight, three now in the fourth, we'll see. Uh, those are teams you, you want to watch. They can hit the long ball uh, and, and score runs in a hurry to all fields in this uh, complete lineup. So anyway, uh, the, the Tennessee thing, no, they get eliminated. And I was just laughing going, you want to be the villain of college baseball? Well, guess what? You got the whole country rooting against you uh, and not feeling bad at all that you lost. Because again, in college baseball, when you're, when you're ejected head coach, isn't this way, but uh, a player or an assistant coach, anyone other than the head coach, when you're ejected, like high school, you miss a game. And if, and if it's your second ejection on the season, which was the pitching coach, he gets uh, three games. Uh, and because they're really trying to, you know, limit how many ejections there are and everything. Ooh, kind of a little bat flip here from Stanford. I don't like doing, I don't like popular things. This is the other thing. Things get popular. Remember pogs? We got a lot of things that are popular now. Remember pogs back when we were kids? Some of you were like, what are you talking about? Go look up pogs. That was like a big craze. Everyone needed those and they had those. And, and now we have all kinds of, uh, we just, we get in these these patterns in society where this is cool. Now everyone needs to do it. It's like, I don't, I, I want to be the exact opposite of that. Although I am running a podcast and the entire world's doing it. So uh, everyone is rooting against Tennessee. I can, I can rightfully say, and it kills me. I love their state. Uh, they got, they got uh, great senators, uh, pretty, pretty strong, uh, you know, red, red voting base there. Uh, great music in Nashville. I mean, I'm a big, big fan of Tennessee, but not their baseball team for their behavior this year. And it won't matter. They'll, they'll, they'll do the same thing. Tony Vitello is their head coach. And uh, you know what? You're the skipper of the ship. You're, you're driving the ship, man. It's all on you. What you permit is what you promote. Get a little control of your program. 
So I'm, I'm rambling here about the, the behavior of the University of Tennessee, but I got a lot of people commenting on Facebook and everything that were, were behind me and behind a lot of, they were like, these are people that don't even watch college baseball, but they saw the article I posted as an example of their behavior and then saw how they acted on Friday night. I was like a prophet, just like, oh, look, yeah, <laughs> these are not good guys. Uh, maybe they are good guys. Maybe they do great, that, but as far as, how they play the game, not a fan. And there's other teams who are, you know, kind of being jerks and things too. Let me take a breath and show you guys the clip on YouTube so that uh, you guys benefit. Those, those watching on YouTube can uh, benefit from, from uh, having that, have that option here. Stand by. All right. So here we go. Those are watching on YouTube. We have a uh, eight, two game here at Notre, Notre Dame and Tennessee. So uh, we'll see the pitch here. Now, again, the pitch if you if you think it's low, uh, I got I, that's not what we're doing here. But if you think it's low, okay, maybe it's low. The pitch is called. The hitter immediately turns. Played umpire, pretty calm, I think. Just kind of notices that he's saying something to him. Didn't like the pitch. And and while this is happening, by the way, the whole dugout on over here on the Tennessee side is is screaming. And and fine, you're reacting to a pitch. Fine, uh, you want to react and grunt and groan. That's one thing. So anyway, the hitter turns. Played umpire goes. What'd you say? And now the dugout's like, what? Who? Who? Who got ejected? The, the umpire just, just ejected someone for no reason. <laughs> look, at, look, at, look, at, look at pitching coach here. You think he's coming out? He's a man on a mission. Anyway, uh, who, who could? Why would? Look, and, and, and we'll get up to the hitter in a second. But basically in college, and, and, it's, and it's good too, the ejecting umpire should, should pretty much walk away and be out of the the uh out of the uh the rest of the fray here uh crew chief does a great job actually coming down here you got two coaches coming after your umpire with uh, with a with a player who's already ejected so uh anything could happen here and there's absolutely zero zero reason for an assistant coach to be uh flying out of the dugout like this head coach can come out get get a uh a uh explanation of course but a pitching coach is not going out to get an explanation he he's uh using rather rather foul language so he goes, oh, and he knows it. He knows it. And anyway, uh, crew chief runs the assistant coach. And, and then, and then I love, I love my man here. And <laughs> you're, he's standing there the whole time. He's got his arms out. What did he do? Uh, really? The, the language he just used, uh, come screaming out at you guys, uh, come out of the dugout screaming. Sorry. I'm a little rattle, rattle here. I'll calm down. But this, this tells me, that behavior like this is just like it's acceptable. If 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 you're surprised on deck hitter that your assistant coach just got ejected, and what that does also is look at someone's got to go in that situation when there's 25 guys in, on a dugout that are losing their mind, and one one ran out of the dugout, so that makes it easy. Uh, sorry, he's got to go. And guess what? Those other guys do. They probably shut up, which they did. Uh, the first base umpire went over there and, and uh, made sure of that as well. But this is a crazy situation. The crew really handled my opinion. So uh, crew chief deals with the pitching coach and now the head coach see played umpire over here i'm walking away look everyone everyone's out of control here everybody oh that's really aggressive that's everyone seems very calm uh, in the umpiring crew crew chief came down had to uh get rid of someone and now we go into discussion mode and uh played umpire just minding their own business over there the hit look at the the jaw drop of the uh the hitter this is just hilarious he still got his mouth on the ground like how could you how could you eject me? So they later said in the game, or maybe in the next day, that the 
Uh, this particular hitter, I think he was his center field. He was warned earlier in the game about complaining about balls and strikes as well. So what did I tell you guys before? I've, I've told you guys before on the pod that it's usually not one thing. It could be one thing. Uh, but generally it's something that has occurred over the course of, of a few innings. So uh, he's, I don't know, maybe telling his coach here what he said. I'm not sure. Uh, Tennessee fans, very disgraceful, in my opinion, throwing uh, beer bottles and other cans onto the field. Uh, just absolutely uh, ridiculous. And at this time, so you, so you look at, there's no accountability here. He, the Tennessee coach, he's pointing over to the other dugout about how crazy those guys are acting. My plate guy here, he's, he's nice and calm. Look at, look at, <laughs> look at the faces of these guys. They're just like, why? what are you guys doing? What are you guys, why are you guys policing us? That's not your, actually it is your job. <laughs> so anyway, we'll keep going here, but the, the body language says it all. He didn't do anything. We're used to doing this. I'm, I'm, I'm not reading his lips or anything, but uh, when we get a replay here, I hope the, the, the look on the hitter is, and I'll see if I can pull it up uh, if, if not, but uh, I mean, very, very simple, a uh, very simple ejection as far as the, the plate umpire goes. So the crew chief gives him is it the, the, um, the reasoning. So here's the pitch. And this is where you can clearly see strike strike one. He turns F and terrible F keeps going. Uh, it doesn't matter that he's walking away when he said that you can't, what did I say? Oh, mom, dad. What did I, I didn't do anything. Like, what what are we doing? Okay, you don't like the, look at the dugout reaction. They're going crazy, all right. What? Who? Sorry for the audio. Look at here. Look at that's this is my favorite. This is a favorite reaction here. Is his face? <laughs> if for those not watching on YouTube, the hitter's face, his mouth is wide open in shock over this ejection. Everyone, look at you got guys looking around, going, "What is he ejecting him for?" Like the umpire just made it up or something, and you know it was righteous based off of the reaction you get from everybody else. Come flying out of the dugout, screaming, uh, looking for, looking for answers. Yeah, Tony there, Mr. Vitella, effing terrible. Okay, calm down. Too late for that. Anyway, I'll move on. But this is what happened Friday night. A situation that uh, was uh, was boiling over, and I thought the umpire and crew was outstanding here. Uh, you may disagree, but in my opinion, uh, you know what? There was one team of the three in this particular situation anyway that was out of control, and it was absolutely not the guys in the uh, on the umpiring crew. So well done uh, to the to the NCAA super regional crew crew there. Could not uh, could not be uh, more happy for them. And I'm not just here to bash Tennessee, although I am doing that here in my intro. I just I I'm, sometimes I have a, a point to make, and it doesn't always get out the way I want it to. And so I thought by showing you guys and explaining to you guys uh, who are listening uh, about just like this is a clear example as to how things escalate, how things get out of control when you just allow certain behavior to continue to grow. And, and if you don't think uh, it's relative to where we're at in the world today, I mean, just think of the, some of the, the issues we, we're seeing in the country today, 
you know, we, we let things snowball, you know, that's not a big deal. Oh, he just flipped his bat. Big deal. Oh, let's just, uh, and then all of a sudden we got chaos in the streets, right? Because, uh, crime is now uh, legal. So, uh, it's just an example, Tennessee volunteers. You guys have yourself a very nice summer. You will not be going to the college world series. Um, maybe, Hey, I believe anybody can change guys. I really, really do. But, uh, it was not shocking to me to see what happened on, uh, on, on Friday and, and to see them lose after kind of sticking it to everyone else all season. Um, Not surprising. So if you're someone that wants to get behind that type of behavior, then uh, I don't know, maybe look, look yourself in the mirror. Cause in my opinion, I saw this coming and it's nice when uh, justice prevails, we'll say Uh, as for flipping bats, you know, with all that, we have this pandemic of instant replays. I mean, every, we got to replay everything. Replay was supposed to be for the egregious error, right? That's always what I thought. Uh, but we replay everything now. Oh, he got his fingernail under the shoelace. It's just like, uh, you know what I want to see happen? This is this, this for you guys that are like, well, yeah, let the, uh, let the kids celebrate and over, you know, overdo it and everything. What if the umpires, cause that most of the calls I think are confirmed or the car call stands. I think it would be awesome if the umpires, when they, when they go to replay and their call gets confirmed, they should do little celebrations with their headset. They should, they should flip their headsets and stare down the dugout of the team that challenged it. I think that would be, that would be cool, right? Come on. That would make the game hip and neat and cool. Well, Matt, they're umpires. They're not players. Well, what's the difference? It, it, it shows you how out of touch your reasoning. If you don't have an explanation, or you can't put it in another like exam like another format. Yeah, umpires. That'd be awesome. Just maybe a strike three to end the inning. Take your mask off and just flip it. Why not? Come on, stare down the dugout. That's cool, right? We're not supposed. We're, we're, you guys aren't. You guys aren't being emotional and sensitive, are you? That would be inappropriate. And it's inappropriate when teams do it. All right, that's enough. I will. I will move on. From that but i had to i had to open the show with that today because i'm still watching a lot of college baseball and uh and, and that incident from friday night really had me going so i will try to calm down as i have kind of expressed here on the show and uh and and move on to some other subjects well the last few things i'll say about college baseball is it was quite a weekend uh saturday i got to watch most of the eight uh, games with my uh, good friend todd carson uh, he came over and, and we just got to chill and talk baseball, which is a lot of fun to do. Um, I, I'm again, I'm a dude that I could sit and watch something by myself a long time, uh, but it's fun to have someone else around to, to chat with. And, and we did just that. So uh, congrats so far. Again, I'm watching Stanford and then Oregon State later tonight. But uh, one half of the College World Series is set. Texas A&M, Notre Dame, Texas and Oklahoma will be on one side of the bracket their games start on Friday. So for those of you who don't know, uh, the College World Series, again, it, it starts this weekend. Um, it's two games every day, basically, for the most part, and, until teams start to be eliminated. But it's uh, two four-team brackets, much like you saw in the regionals. Uh, you will see the similar format. Those four teams play each other until uh, everyone has two losses, except for the, the, the one, you know, pool champ, I guess, and they advance and they play the other pool champion, uh, in a two out of three, uh, championship series. So a similar format just repeats, but it is those eight teams with the, the dream to, uh, to win a, a national championship who will be in Omaha, Nebraska this week for us on the West coast. Most of the games are 11 AM and, uh, 4 PM. So kind of 
odd times, but uh, it's actually nice getting off work and, and, you know, not having to stay up super late to watch a game. Uh, one that starts at four o'clock. So one bracket will play Wednesday or excuse me, Friday, the other bracket will or start on Saturday and they will just rotate days accordingly uh, until again, teams are eliminated. The other half of the bracket, is yet to be determined, at least as I am recording this, but Ole Miss and Arkansas were the other two teams in, in the, uh, that other uh, bracket. So a lot of SEC teams, uh, Notre Dame gets in for the first time in a while. Uh, well, hopefully we'll see two Pac-12 teams, but if not, we'll see another SEC team and uh, uh, Connecticut, who's out of the Big East, or they're losing the 9-3 now to Stanford in the fifth. But um, anyway, crazy, crazy stuff. Uh, the, the College World Series, it's fantastic. Two games a day, like I said. Uh, be sure to to tune in if if you can because uh, it's pretty exciting and, and it's cool to see. Uh, the the thing I want to say too, just piggybacking my opening comments, I'm not against look at playing with emotion and and what and all the things that in college baseball that are pretty cool is you know it's a lot of the stuff in the dugout. It's pretty neat. You know the guy twenty year olds being twenty year olds. But I guess my long winded uh, opinion of all of this is just that you know what if if you want to be treated like men you gotta you gotta play the game like men at times and that's not to say you can't have some fun and and uh you know maybe have a uh, you know a little dugout rally thing you do with your hats or something i don't know but like i just think it, it's gotten carried away and and uh you know it, it spilled over <laughs> on friday night and you're gonna have ejections in baseball that's just the nature of the game but uh, i'm not trying to be grumpy old man here i just i'm trying to respect the players and umpires and coaches and all the people who came before me uh you know to kind of honor the the way the game has been played and it's not to say we can't have excitement but there should be plenty of excitement in uh, omaha nebraska starting this friday uh again 11 and 4 for us here on the west coast and i wanted to mention just briefly about the college world series some of the history not 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 a too i have some other serious comments uh, topics i want to get to here but just real quick uh for those that uh, maybe don't know much about the college world series um i want to list to you the teams that have multiple championships uh, in the college world series usc is the the big leader uh with 12 12 previous college world series championships they've only uh, lost twice as far as uh, run, finishing as a runner up but usc used to be uh, a powerhouse man they were the alabama uh, of baseball for quite some time uh similar to the to usc's football tradition their baseball tradition was second to none the next closest team that has uh you know multi as many championships as usc is texas with six texas and, L and lsu both have six uh so half as many as usc and one thing i cannot wrap my head around is why the usc baseball program has fallen so much surpassed 22 years uh, their last title was in 1998 um why usc has not been able to be an lsu a texas a miami uh, an arizona state a vanderbilt uh i i don't know i don't know i mean there's there's very it's very competitive out here a lot of schools close together maybe that's a reason but why usc has has struggled all these years uh and has has not been in anywhere near what they what they were at one time is just baffling to me. So anyway, USC has 12, the most all time uh, LSU in Texas with six Arizona state does have five national championships, but has not won one since 1981. So been quite some time since the sun devils uh, uh, raised the trophy there in Omaha university of Arizona, their in-state rivals. They have four titles. Their last one though was in 2012. So pretty recent uh, my alma mater, Cal state Fullerton with four championships as well. Their last one was in 2004 uh, and their their one before that was 95 arguably one of the best college baseball teams of all time um 
th- that era from 95 to 04, uh, it was really, really a special for Cal State Fullerton, but they've kind of fallen off the map. And I've kind of thought, well, maybe, you know, I, my fear is that they turn into what USC is, you know, just kind of not being uh, relevant anymore. And it's, it seems to be that way, but uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, the other team with uh, four titles is the University of Miami that uh, most recently won in 2001. So those are kind of your, your blue bloods of, uh, of college baseball, I guess, but there are a few others uh, that have multiple titles. Uh, Minnesota has three, but they haven't won since 1964. So they kind of won theirs in, in a few stages there. Oregon state has probably been the team of the two thousands really uh, with three titles in let's see 12 years three titles 06 07 and 2018 most recently so uh the beavers uh who knows what happens tonight maybe they'll they'll push for a a fourth title and uh then after that we get into i think there's like seven teams who've won two titles over the years and uh, i'll just list vanderbilt south carolina stanford oklahoma michigan and cal uh are the other teams that have won multiple national championships uh in the college world series so those are some of the teams that uh, you know, have been there historically and everything. Uh, some of those teams like Michigan and, and Cal, they haven't won since the sixties or fifties, but they do have multiple national titles under their belt. So I thought I would mention their name. So we will see uh, this weekend here. Uh, it's going to go this Friday until through the following Sunday. Sunday would be game two of the championship series and Monday. So it could go Monday. What would that be uh, about 10 days, 10, 10, 11 days, I think maybe. Yeah, something like that. So it's a, it's a fun time and uh, I will definitely be watching and trying to uh, trying to see as much of it as I can. Okay. We have way more serious things to, to uh, discuss here. Like, uh, I mean, we got assassination attempts on Supreme court justices that are just being ignored by the media. Uh, someone's literally arrested for uh, an attempt and admits to what they were going to do. And I thought we cared about gun. I mean, this guy had a gun and then it was going to go to kill a Supreme court justice. Oh, you guys didn't hear about that. That was swept under the rug like like uh, most of the media, most of what the media does. That was weird. I don't care what you when I mean Supreme Court justices, they're 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 judges. They're you know, they're they're not they're not a political party or anything. But I just I want us to imagine. Imagine had it been a, a, a different Supreme Court justice than one of the uh, most notorious ones here uh, from the past couple of years from from the, the Kavanaugh hearings. Imagine if it was someone maybe on the other side of the aisle. Uh, what do you, wouldn't there be an outrage, especially with this whole gun violence? I mean, gun violence is so it's bad. It's evil. It's awful, which uh, yeah, yeah, I agree. It's, gun violence is a terrible thing. Most violence, all violence is, but a guy is, and, and you're not supposed to, I mean, again, I, I'm not taking a political stand here. I I'm like going with like the law, you know, the rules and regulations, like you're not supposed to protest in front of uh, people's houses, especially Supreme court justices houses. Like that's not legal. Don't, 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 don't ask me, look it up. Not supposed to be able to do that stuff, but no, it's okay. When certain people do it, certain groups do it. And then we have a a potential assassination attempt that is, did you see any of it covered on Sunday? Why? Isn't that, isn't that, let's, let's say you want, I don't, I I don't want any uh, political assassination in our country. None, zero. But imagine it's almost like, some of these, some of these news media outlets, like they're wishing for things like this to happen. But if, even if, if you were wishing for it to happen, wouldn't you like make note of it? Maybe it's, maybe it's nonsense. Maybe it wasn't a real threat in your eyes. You don't think it's like newsworthy to mention at least like ask yourself, why have they not said anything about it? 
and maybe there have been news outlets who've, who've spoken about it, but uh, Sunday night on all the news channels, ABC, see it. I mean, uh, did you, their most popular night for news it was pretty relevant. I thought, no, not a big deal. January 6th. That's a big deal. Yes. Back when gas prices were, were cheap. Yeah, I know that, that big riot, the one big riot. That's, that's all that matters. Not the hundreds, not the hundreds of riots. I will, I will, I will, uh, just to go back in time and confirm once again, I have denounced the January 6th insurrection. No, it's not an insurrection. First uh, unarmed insurrection in the history of the world. But I have denounced the January 6th riot. I did it the day of, the next day, recorded a podcast even denouncing it. I don't know anyone who said it was a good thing. Personally, I don't. I listen to a lot of people, a lot of conservative outlets. You know where the left stands on all of it. I don't know anyone that was like, yeah, that was great. No, they, they were, the riot was immediately denounced. I'm only saying this because they're making a huge deal about it all now. And say, since they don't want to cover assassination attempts, I thought, well, we got to talk about what they want us to talk about. So, yes, I denounced it when it happened. I still denounce it, uh, but was hilarious. Same people that want to stir the pot up and make, oh, this is the a threat to our democracy. We were scared we were going to die. It was never said a word about all the riots from this. This is the hypocrisy. The double standards is so ridiculous. The rioters from the summer of riots that occurred in uh, 2020 that were bailed out by celebrities and our you know political the political left, the Democrats bailed out, not for protesting, for rioting. Those riots, those don't matter. No, no, no. We need to worry about the, the scary one, the, the really scary one. That one was really bad. Really, really bad. There have been lies about people dying at the, at the Capitol. There would be, I mean, uh, outright lies about uh, police officers being killed. No, the actual guy died days later or whatever, or weeks later from a heart attack or something. No, he was beaten to death. No, that was that was a lie also. How many lies do you have to be told? This is my thing. How many lies do you have to be told before you're like, maybe they're lying all the time or a lot of the time. If someone lies once, twice, okay, whatever. But when you're getting lies told to you all the time and there's never apologies for lies. This is another thing. If I said something uh, not, not truthful, it would really eat at me. And I would really... I, I do know people that value truth, not your truth, their truth, my truth, the truth. And if they say something incorrect, they misspeak, or they said something before they got all the information or whatever, they go back, they apologize, they try to clear the air. But how come when some people lie, they just, they move on to the next lie. They, they rope in who they need, and then they move on. They stir, they stir up the, the masses, and then, all right, next crisis, next thing we have to do. Uh, what am I going to do? I got the baseball stuff at the end. Uh, I posted, uh, I posted a video about, uh, a great pitch sequence in, in a game with the Yankees, Tom boy, John boy, media media. He does great videos. Uh, and he broke it down. The Yankees picked up that a pitcher for, um, who was it? Was it Detroit? Because it doesn't matter. Um, that he was, he had, he was tipping his pitches. Basically when he'd come set, he'd stare at third base for a minute 
before delivering to the plate when it was a fastball and he didn't do that on breaking ball stuff. So it was a great video. Go check it out on my personal Facebook page uh, about that sequence. And it got me thinking about life. Like how, how often do we do things that we don't know we're doing, but we're like telling, you know, that's when like, uh, when we're tipping, like to, to piggyback off the, the lying thing. Uh, I, I don't, I don't play poker. I've never understood it. I, I don't know the rules. I don't know how some people are really passionate about poker. It ain't it definitely not my thing, uh, losing money in the first place, but just, I don't understand. I'm not smart enough to, to uh, comprehend a lot of games and things. It, you know, I'm, I stick to my sports, but, uh, you know, the poker face, some people don't have poker faces in, in, in baseball. And, and you can, I guess part of, uh, part of uh, poker is like bluffing, you know, a fancy word, you know, fancy word for lying or, you know, uh, fibbing or whatever, but it's, it, that's part of the game we'll say. Uh, and so the worst, the best poker f- players, you can tell their poker face. It never, they don't get too high, too low. They're just, you can't tell if they're telling the truth or lying. There's play people in, in, uh, in, in politics who've mastered that <laughs> tying it all in here. And some poker players, they can tell when someone's lying and, and when they're bluffing, they don't have what they have. And so they then uh, counter uh, with a counter bet. I don't say, I don't know anything about poker. Literally. I know there's a, a Texas game, Texas hold'em. I'm not even going to try. I like the movie Maverick. That was a pretty, pretty good movie um, regarding poker with uh, Mel, Mel Gibson. Pretty funny movie. But uh, yeah, b- people bluffing and, and not having a, a poker face. And so uh tying it all together here i think uh that video about pitching it was funny it was something this is a guy making millions of dollars who just made a mistake and not doing something the same every time or establishing a pattern that he wasn't aware of and it got me thinking man like how many times do we do that in our lives i got i got a text from a listener who was like man that video was great he goes it's really made me wonder how many times you know i i i maybe tipped uh, you know, my wife picks up on my body language or something. I say, yeah, that's a great point. <laughs> Women are way smarter than us. So they, they could probably pick up on our little tendencies. And, and, and that's a great part of baseball is, is seeing things like that when people are like, Oh, it's such a boring game. It's like, there's so much more into the game of baseball than meets the eye. If, if, if it's bore, if it's boring, then you're not really paying attention, you know, kind of a thing. But anyway, uh, politicians, poker players, uh, the, the baseball, uh, tipping your hand, tipping your pitches. I think there's a, there's a tied in analogy there somewhere. Maybe I butchered it, but, uh, maybe you guys, uh, understand where I'm coming from. So anyway, uh, back to the gun violence thing, since it's like selectively, um, reported, we'll say like 10 more people were killed by gun violence in Chicago over the weekend. Uh, uh, but irrelevant doesn't matter, I guess, doesn't fit in an agenda, a narrative, uh, some of the most restrictive gun laws ever in the, in the city of Chicago, but, uh, people die every weekend. It's just not a big deal. Lori Lightfoot, uh, the, who literally said we need to rise. What was her? She, she was quoted as saying, uh, with some of the Supreme court stuff going on, we need to take up arms. Now you, you can say you didn't mean that uh, we we didn't mean that um, literally, but can back to the can you imagine? Can you imagine had a Republican mayor said that it would be all over every news channel? We need to take up arms against these people. And then when she was confronted about it, hey, can, can you apologize for saying call up arms? And she didn't apologize. She doubled down. She's like, we will not be pushed around. 
So uh, again, it's it's hilarious to me these these double standards that go around. I uh, got the the mayor of Chicago talking about calling up arms against uh, against uh, the politicians and uh, Supreme Court justices and things. Well, there's, well, maybe you should tell people to calm down the arms in the city because if you just say something, also that's supposed to to solve everything. And and I went off. Um, I didn't really go off on Facebook. I'm very sarcastic on Facebook. I think that's probably my my best language. Uh, rather than just you know start screaming and yelling, I try to uh, use the language uh, of, of the left and kind of just throw that back at them. But uh, I was really ticked off again with the NBA, as I often am. Um, man, uh, Steve Kerr, head coach Steve Kerr of the Golden State uh, Warriors or the Green State, as I, I like to call call them, the Green State Social Justice Warriors. That should be their new name. Um, he, uh, you know, was leader of his team, and and he and I guess that other green the green team from Boston. I don't even like saying their name. Uh, they before one of the games of the NBA Finals uh, last week, uh, they wore special T-shirts, magical T-shirts, mind you. And you know what those magical T-shirts said? End gun violence. Why didn't we think of this sooner? Uh, what? That's all we had to do? End gun violence. End bad things. Whoa. That, man. Thank you, Steve Kerr. Thank you so much. You know what, when you met, when you said we need to do something at the podium, screaming and yelling, you know, I, you know again, the horrific uh, murders in Uvalde. Um, we, when you said that, you did mean we need to do something, like literally something, because I, I don't have a real idea of what to do. But if I wear a magical T-shirt that says, end gun violence, that will solve everything. Okay, I don't know why we didn't think of this sooner, seriously. And, and if these shirts work, these magical shirts, I don't know where you got them, what brand they are. We probably got them from China, if we're honest. Uh, what other, can, can, we, can we use these for gas prices? Can we get shirts made that say, and high gas prices? Can, can we do that? I mean, that's something I think everybody can get behind, much like end, end gun violence. Yeah, sure. Uh, end bad things. Let's, let's just end bad things. I, if we wear it on a shirt, that'll fix everything. Do, if these shirts, I bet these shirts work about as good as masks do with uh, the, the past few months. Some of you guys are probably turning me off. You're saying, you know what? Enough of this guy. Go ahead. It's all good. I still love you. I get, I got on this thing to vent and rant and just let, let off Steve because otherwise I'm going to blow a gasket myself, just living my daily life. So end gun violence, not end violence, which we got to be specific and gun violence. So what about, so knife violence that, that doesn't, we're not, we don't want to end that. We don't want to end car violence. We don't. Why, 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 why only gun violence? What about the gun violence outside the Milwaukee? uh, Who's their team? The bucks, the Milwaukee bucks arena during the NBA playoffs. Was there any mention or big demonstrations of that happening? Multiple gunshots outside the Milwaukee arena? No. Why? How come? How come no mention of the gun violence in Chicago? How, where? What are we doing? We're politicizing everything. And gun, and I'm serious. I want to get sh- shirts made and bad things. Or and, definitely end high gas prices. 
And for those guys to wear those shirt, walk out there, armed security, right? Standing right there and get their armed escort out of the building and, and probably have private security at their homes and gun violence. We need to tell the, the, the senators and the, the politicians that we got to do something. We need to take guns out of the hands of, of our citizens. If we make these laws, criminals will listen. This time, they will finally do it. Really? End gun violence. We got, we got to see where these shirts are made. I'm telling you. It's all we had. Problem solved. Problem solved. I mean, there, there, won't be, there won't be more murders. There were in Chicago this last week, so maybe, maybe they weren't specific enough with their shirts. End gun violence. It's amazing. It's truly amazing what you're only allowed certain opinions in the, in the sports, in the, in the sports world. Uh, if you had a, uh, if you had a shirt that said end fatherless and end fatherlessness, do you think that would get high praise? Uh, what's another one we, we could put up there? Um, uh, end social media addiction. That'd probably be a good one. How about end, uh, and fatherlessness is a, is a good one. Cause that's something that's really hurting the country, I think. And, uh, pushing a lot of young men to do very bad things. Um, young men need, need fathers. I would not be anything without my dad. And, uh, this weekend is father's day. And, uh, I'm very grateful to have such a wonderful man that I could try to strive to be like and uh the best thing my my dad ever did for me was the tough love early on it's always been tough love it's always been uh you know more more pressure maybe more more pushing me more expecting more from me and i can't thank him enough for that um because there's too many guys who don't have that. And a lot of guys get it from coaches maybe, or, or other uh, family members and things. And that's, that's wonderful. And, and it's, it's a props to all the, the single moms out there or the, the grandparents that got to raise kids. Um, Cause it's truly, I, I just, I just can't imagine. I just can't imagine having to do that and uh, having my dad literally, uh, you know, kick me in the rear a few times when I was very young. Uh, really got me going. And uh, I've, I've, in everything I've, I've strived to do, I just, I don't want to let him down, you know, and that's how I kind of live my life. And I know I have let him down at times, but um, hopefully less than I have not. And so, um, yeah, and fatherlessness, that would be one, that would be a pretty, uh, a pretty big one. Um, if we just put that, put that out there. I mean, if we're, if we're going to do magical shirts, let's, let's use the magic. Let's, let's keep it going. Let, you know, let's not just have, uh, you know, only certain problems. If, if these magical shirts work, I want to put them to use in all seriousness. Um, and gas prices and high taxes. That'd be cool. Um, yeah, all these things. I mean, that was the end, end racism, right? End, end all the end, end things that I think we all agree on. I, I, I would think, I would hope. Uh, I don't, I don't think anybody, you know, wants gun violence. Nobody wants racism. Uh, do we? Ha- it's like, it's like, it's like when we're people say, "Oh, this is a racist country." It's like, 
racist what all the people that choose to come here like why would they come to a racist country there's racists in it there's also murderers in the country there's not this doesn't make us a murderous country like <laughs> anyway that's my two cents maybe maybe i i i'm i mean have i crossed paths with murderers before or racists before i don't think so but anyway that's that's just me. It's okay. It's just an opinion. Don't yell at me. Some of you guys don't yell at me guys. If you want to, that's fine. It's your first amendment, right? We still have that for now. Um, but, but that could all change. What else do I got to say here on this fine uh, Monday evening? It might be time to slide away from the, uh, the, the dra- dramatic, uh, <laughs> the dramatic dramatizations that I've been doing. Uh, there's a lot of other uh, rules and things out there that I have to that I have to address at some point, this whole, I, I don't know. Things get like made up overnight. Like this is okay. As a society, this is now inappropriate. And it's like, what? Like, like, you know, words and things usually. And it's like, you can't say that anymore. It's like, what? Why not? You mean I can't say that anymore. Well, we have decided it's 2022 and we, and, and there's just certain things we cannot, we cannot say, we cannot do. It's like, when did we decide this? And, and, and was there a vote? Was there like, this is what certain p- groups of people do. They take, they take a subject. I'm going to try to think of one for next week. They take a subject uh, and they just by themselves, maybe overnight, maybe over time. And they're just like, this is not acceptable anymore. And it's like, what? Since when? They, they just, they, de- they make this declaration. And that's why it's a, the movement. It's always moving. Never stops. Never stops, guys. On to the next thing. On to the next crisis. By the way, I started a, a woke word dictionary. Um, I started writing down words. If you have some, uh, definitely throw them my way. I want to break them down. Um, they're words that you hear all the time in news media or you know commercials or whatever. There's always a cause, a crisis. Uh, uh, let's see, uh, a fear. You know, it's not problematic. That's a good. Oh, this is problematic. Oh, this is a margin. These people marginalized. Uh, oh, this is hateful. This was deeply hurt. These are some of the few I wrote down just because it's laughable to think about when you hear. It. You got to n- listen for what. Listen for what you're hearing, hear what you're listening. I guess, listen to what you're hearing. I think that's probably the best way to, uh, to determine it. Cause, uh, what was that joke years ago? Um, man and a man and a wife, husband and wife, whatever talking about, she's like, are you here? Are you, you, you heard me, right? Yeah. I heard you. There's a difference between hearing someone and listening to them. Us men, we, we generally hear, we don't listen as well. And so, uh, we need to be told to listen better anyway. I'm backing off. I'm backing away. Quicker show. I didn't get the greatest sleep last night. I woke up at like three in the morning and I wanted to watch baseball in the afternoon. I was like, oh, I'll just, I'll go to work or I'll start driving Uber, make a few bucks. And then, but it was, it was just too early to get up and go do stuff. So I'm, I'm paying for it now. So I, I am a little tired, a little cranky and I uh, thought, well, let's get on a podcast and record. So anyway, all right, to the bottom of the ninth, we go the bottom of the ninth. We have uh, our baseball slang and baseball rule of the week. Um, we're going to keep doing this even after the college season ends. We'll do it all summer. And I was looking ahead. I was like, there's always every month. There's like something to watch, you know, different sporting events or whatever, different times, playoffs, July and August, man, that's going to be tough. I sure hope there's some good fights, boxing and UFC on, because that's a really dry spell until football season comes for me, the June and the college baseball, college world series, especially, once July hits, we got the big Independence Day celebration. And then uh, it's like, all right, well, get through the rest of summer, you know, enjoy your vacations or whatever. So two, uh, two things today in the bottom of the ninth, baseball slang term and then uh, baseball rule. Uh, this ruling came up 
in the uh, in a in a college game this last week. And if you have questions on it, you can uh, by all means ask ask me because it's it shouldn't be that complicated, but it's probably the most controversial rule uh, that that comes up uh, almost every week in baseball. But anyway, uh, the terms I want to use. Uh, this is something I just came up with by watching a lot of baseball, watching a lot of the dugouts and stuff the past few weeks. And uh, just the term babe or baby, right? I truly believe baseball is one of the only places where uh, another man calls another man babe. Now, I'm not discriminating or anything. I'm not going there. But I'm saying, uh, I don't know how women talk, but maybe women call each other babe or, or, oh, hey, babe, whatever. We all call, you know, our significant others that, you know, from time to time. But on a baseball field, for whatever reason, uh, amongst men, it's, it's like a term of endearment. And it's never said outside of the baseball field. And a lot of times it's like a, it's combined with other things, you know, uh, instead of come on now, babe, it's come now, babe, you know, or at a baby, you know, hear that one a lot. At a baby, oh, babe. Like it's one of the only babe. Like, think about it. You wouldn't do that like somewhere else with your buddies, would you? I don't know what you're out. What, what do friends do other than watch sports? I don't, I don't even know. I'm trying to think of an example. You're at the beach. You, you do a, 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 I don't know, a nice wave surf or dive for a Frisbee or something or at a bib. Yeah. I mean, maybe you do it, but it's just something about a baseball field. And you don't see that in basketball. You don't see any football. Uh, maybe you say, yeah, let's go baby. Or something like that. But Baseball, you get a lot more babe, not just a baby, you get a lot of babe. And it's funny because like, I mean, baby Ruth, I mean, one of the most famous baseball players of all time, the famous candy bar that, uh, you know, was named after him, but not named after him. And I'll let you guys watch that in the history of uh, food that built America. Great episode on that one. Uh, but yeah, baseball's like the baseball field is like the only place to call another guy, babe. And, and um, again, not discriminating. I don't know there's other, especially in this you know special month or whatever. Uh, I'm sure there's other times when it's used, but in my experience, I've only seen it. Uh, I've only seen it uh, referred to on baseball field. I've said it many times. At a babe, on oh, babe. Anyway, maybe I'm done. Maybe I'm maybe I'm out of things to talk about. I don't know. Probably am. But it's just, it hit me. I heard it in the dark. I was like, man, it's like the only place is a baseball field where guys call another guy babe. And, and I know they're probably, again, in my experience, I'm not, I don't want to get arrested or whatever happens these days. I'm just saying, it's just an observation, people. Settle down. All right. So next time you're watching a game, at a babe. Hey, I just did it, you know? All right. The baseball rule of the week. We're going to talk about the runner's lane. Runner's lane interference. Uh, another offensive interference. Um, have I talked, I talked about the difference between obstruction and offense. Oh, man, that ball looks fair batted ball right on the line right at the third base some part here to get out of the way they're replaying it now but anyway the runner's lane um not to be confused with your baseline uh when you're in a rundown what determines what your baseline is that that is a totally separate issue this is runner's lane interference if you notice on a baseball field and a lot of people who mark the baseball fields forget to put this lane in it's three feet wide. It's to, it's only on the first base side of the field. It's the 45 foot line. So it, it's halfway to first base and the line exists for a reason. You don't have to run in that lane all the time. Cause guy, most guys, when they hit a double, they'll round round the base, right? There's no play being made on him. And that's what I'll get into uh, baseline stuff later on, but the runner's lane, 
Have you ever, I mean, you've probably seen it happen and, and you're probably like, what? That's stupid. Why is that? Why is that lane there? Well, the runner's lane is to prevent the batter runner, the batter from running to first base and interfering with a throw, uh, uh, uh not with a throw, but interfering with the first baseman or whoever's covering first base, uh, their ability to receive a thrown ball from, uh, from their teammate, obviously. A lot of people translate it as, well, it's not interfere with throw. It's not the throw you're interfering with. It's interfering with the throw being fielded by, again, the first baseman or whoever ends up covering first in this scenario. So you don't see it on ball hit to the shortstop, right? Because the first baseman is stretching this way. You don't see it on balls hit to the second baseman. Third baseman, uh, routine ground balls, you don't hardly ever see it there. This runner's lane is specifically where you see it come into play is kind of on slow hit balls that are out in front of home plate, maybe up the foul line a little bit, a drag bunt uh, to the third base side, something fielded by the third baseman, the pitcher, the catcher, uh, those little numbers or whatever. And what happens is the batter runs to first base. He is required by rule to be in that runner's lane uh, if the if the play ends up determining uh, that there that there might be interference again, you can run to first base however you want, but as far as interfering with the thrown ball to uh, the to first base this is the only base where this uh, falls into play here. Um, you are required to be running with both feet inside that lane, and you are considered in the lane if your foot is touching any part of the line. Um, but if you're straddling the line. Um, you are not considered in the lane. And what's controversial about this is that the runner's lane is in foul territory. So you have to be running in foul territory. If, if uh, think of just that, the dirt path really going there, but there is a three foot line. You have to be inside that lane. Um, the controversial part is you basically have to run in foul territory and the entire base is in fair territory. So you eventually have to cross uh, into fair territory. If you're running a straight line, right? You're a batter shortest distance between two points, just get to the bag. Um, and so you'll see a lot of guys running in fair territory with both feet, clearly outside the runner's lane, uh, running, um, because it's a direct point to the base, right? You gotta, you gotta be fair territory to get to the base. Well, it's just one of the, the ways the rule is written. You have to be in that lane. Now, if the last step or two, you are exiting the runner's lane uh, and, and do interfere a little bit with, with the, uh, the, the person at first base fielding the throw, then you're okay. You're off the hook. You are deemed to have been, if you were in the lane the whole way up the line, and then you exited at the very end, you know, basically the last step or, or the vicinity of the bag, then you're okay. You have fulfilled your requirement as a base runner, the batter runner in this situation. But if you're not in the runner's lane, you're going up the line and then there is, uh, uh, you know, you get in the way of the, the throw from the first baseman, uh, throw to the first baseman or whatever, then all bets are off. You, you're kind of like you're protected while you're going up the line, but if you're not in the lane at all and there's a, and there's a, a judgment call here at the base, sorry, boom, pop, uh, that's interference, batter, you are out. There does not need to be contact. You don't need to get hit by the baseball in the back. Uh, you, you can just, again, in the umpire's judgment, if you interfered by being outside that runner's lane, not the last step, but going all the way up the lane, uh, up, up to first base, if the umpire judges you being there interfered with the throw, 
uh, with the ability to catch the throw, then you are out. And as is the case with most offensive interferences, the ball is dead and nobody advances. So say there were other runners uh, and they would have easily gotten to third base or they would have scored. Doesn't matter. Interference is called. Everybody returns to the base uh, they were at at the time of pitch. So it's a controversial rule because it's, it's a lot of people, they just see the throw, go past the first baseman, they start celebrating. And, you know, we don't have whistles in baseball. So the plate umpire, it's a plate umpire's call, by the way. Um, a good umpire will follow that runner up the line, maybe not get halfway there, but get about a third of the way up at least and be able to judge uh, that runner going up. So anytime you've seen an umpire go up the line, following a runner, watching him, um, that's what he's doing. And also to help with maybe a pulled foot or something or a swipe tag. But when there's other, it, it gets harder to call when there's other runners, like a runner on second or runner on third, you can't go up the line. You got to protect the plate area. So you're watching from further away. Um, but anyway, uh, it, it's controversial. Everyone hates this rule. It's like, how are you supposed to run to first base? If, if, if it's in fair territory and it's here, Hey, it's just, uh, it, it's, it's one of the, it's one of the rules in the game that's been there a long time and there's no real better way to write it, I guess. Uh, so, so there's that, um, on the flip side, if you are on the foul territory side of the foul line, so you got the, uh, or the, the runner's lane, so you're not in fair territory, but you're on the foul and then out outside the, the runner's lane. Um, some guys do that sometimes when the strike three gets away and it's back and the catcher has to go get it and throw to first base. Some guys kind of cheat that way and they'll run extreme to the right. Uh, and they'll, they'll interfere that way. Although that is a much less, um, likely to happen or has happened uh, as much. So, uh, that just hopefully paints a picture for you guys as to what runner's lane interference is. It's always controversial. Anytime it's called someone's out of the dugout screaming, uh, I've, I've had, uh, bat batters get hit in the back of the head, uh, before. And it's just like, time, sorry, you're out. I mean, uh, you can't just as a, as a, as a fielder, you can't just throw the ball at the guy. I mean, you have to legitimately try to retire the runner. A lot of people, uh, get out of this with the call being made, uh, if it was a true throw or not. So sometimes the ball gets thrown into the dirt or the guy airmails it, um, did the runner interfere in that case? Probably not. So, but, but it's not your ultimate, uh, your ultimate trigger, I guess you'd say. Uh, again, if the ball gets airmailed, then the first baseman didn't have an opportunity to catch the ball. If it's maybe a one hopper, maybe he had an opportunity to catch it. But in general, if the tr if throw isn't true, uh, a, a, a good, a good, uh, a general, generally good throw, um, that uh, the first baseman can't catch, then that's why that's taken into account. Oh, well, that throw was, that wasn't a true throw. That wasn't a, you know, a valued throw or whatever. Um, but a lot of guys kind of forget that it's about the first baseman fielding it, not, not the, the guy trying to throw around uh, the runner. It's just, uh, that's kind of where the interference comes into play. And hopefully that made some sense. I should have, I should have had a video for you, but I won't bore you anymore with my random baseball knowledge, the rules of the game, the slang of the game, the, uh, the, the old man opinions of the game. I'm just, I'm just here doing what I do and I will let you guys go. So I can get back to watching the end of the Stanford game and the Oregon state game. Got to get dinner ready here for, for Val. I mean, if I'm going to watch baseball games, I better have dinner on the table. You know what I mean? Right fellas. You know what I'm saying? Uh, happy father's day to everybody out there this weekend. Hopefully you guys are barbecuing having a few uh, cold beverages, enjoying time with the family. Uh, however you celebrate it, man, uh, make it a good one. 
we need fathers and just uh, desperately, desperately need them out there. And just uh, to all the, to all the men out there who step up and do the right thing and uh, accept responsibility and not just that, but you know, our true leaders of not just young boys, but also uh, young girls out there. I mean, fathers and, and being that role model, that leader, uh, it's not the same moms aren't, but uh, we're celebrating fathers uh, this weekend. So congrats to all the fathers out there. And uh, thank you. Thank you to all of you who are uh, maybe fathers to kids that aren't yours also. I mean, that's uh, not, just, I'm not talking just like adoption and things, but just the coaches out there, the, uh, the, the, the teachers, uh, just people that take guys or girls under their wings and uh, be, is that father figure. Hey, you know, here's to you guys as well. So I can't thank my dad enough, Mr. Dave Hersema. Uh, we tolerate each other quite often. No, in all seriousness, he's a, he's a, the person I, I trust most in the world and person that I go to when, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm down, I'm not feeling great. I need, I need some confidence or I need a kick in the head. You know what? Sometimes I need, I need the ugly truth. And my dad does that for me uh, quite well. So can't wait to throw some meat on the barbecue with him this weekend should be a lot of fun. And hopefully everyone else has a great time as well. Guys, enjoy the college world series. What better way to celebrate father's day than maybe turn the college games on there on Sunday and uh, you know, watch, watch a few ball games. Couldn't hurt. Should be a lot of fun. And uh, I will be back next Tuesday after uh, after the weekend, of course. I'm not sure what we're doing this Friday. I have a 4th of July episode, a July 1st episode, technically, uh, celebrating Independence Day. Already recorded, but these next couple of weeks, I'm not sure if I'm going to have a guest or not. You'll just have to stay tuned on social media, as you guys do a great job of. Send me questions, topics, comments, uh, whatever you want uh, on our social media platforms, or just text me. Email me, get home safe podcast at yahoo.com or uh, send in a voice message. Look at the episode notes. You should see them there. Also check out the charge to keep podcast. Only rep one episode out now. We'll have another one out in July. But if you're a fan of real Hondo prep football, you don't want to miss that guys. I'm out of time, out of ideas, out of everything. It's time to uh, get dinner started and uh, be able to watch the last couple baseball games here. Thanks for tuning in. Appreciate all you guys. Uh, definitely couldn't do this without you, but guys, as always, no matter what you're doing, whether you're out on the town or rounding third base, get home safe.